You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leon Dolan here in Los Angeles. I'm a writer, a mom. I have two college-age boys, and I live in Pasadena, California. I'm Liz Dolan. I live in Santa Monica, California, but today I am in Bend, Oregon. I'm a former corporate executive, and now I'm just here in a little bungalow, and you may be able to hear my little dog, Hooper, barking in the background because I am trapped in another room. <laughs> I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I've lived abroad, but now I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm an empty nester and an urban nana. <laughs> I love it. All right. We're the Satellite <laughs> Sisters. We're so glad you're here today. Um, had a little earthquake in California. All good, though. Ooh, really? All good. Yeah, sure. Wakes you up. Little roller. Little roller. Okay. And... Uh, you're such a pro at earthquakes, Leanne. Yeah, yeah remember the panic, panic we used to have, Jewel, when you and I both lived yeah. in California and the Northridge quake happened and we were just screaming into the phone at each other at 430? <laughs> I'm over that now. <laughs> yeah, we weren't that good. And we just started eating emergency food, even though we, there was no reason was to. The grocery stores were open in our neighborhood. Get out the canned goods. All right. Today on the show, we have a lot happening, as always. Okay, uh, Julie, you're going to tell us how to robot-proof your kids. And then- oh, yeah, because, you know, they're coming. The robots are coming. And if you're going to take our kids? No, no. <laughs> if, you're not, if your kids aren't ready, there's going to be no jobs. they got to outsmart the robots. I'm going to explain it all. All right. And you're going to fill us in on how to wash bras, which that is. Yeah, because you're doing it all wrong. Every one of you. Wait till you hear how you you can wash your bra. All right, Liz, you have an Operation Sea Turtle update and some extra reporting on calorie gouts. Calorie gouts. Yeah, there's a new law, Leanne, so now we're really going to have to take responsibility because restaurants are going to have to tell us how many calories we're eating. I really have mixed feelings about that. I know. It's true. It's true. All right, on Entertaining Sisters today, we have recommendations for movies, TV shows, audiobooks, and our book club pick we're going to remind you about. We have our to-do list. We have a lot happening. We have a lot happening. But Liz, did you need to escape to Bend, Oregon for a reason? (laughs) Something happening in your life you haven't told us about? Okay, sisters. Well, you know, I have given you installments in the past of um, what I call H-O-A-H-E double hockey sticks. My homeowners association um, is not really that functional. So it seems (laughs) like... not not at all, Liz. Seems like every time we attempt to do something together, it just goes goes horribly, horribly wrong. I did tell you last year about the termite tenting debacle we had, where the the uh, prep meeting where we were going to get instructed about how to get ready for the termite tenting, that devolved into a screaming fight among neighbors of whose children were selling drugs in the garage. So you know, so that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> But as part of the termite tenting, we had also, for a special assessment to the building, the building desperately needs painting. But, you know, if you if your HOA can't agree on anything, a job as big as painting is they're really never going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, so we started with termites and we've been building ourselves up to painting. Mm-hmm. And apparently the HOA, the actual board of the Homeowners Association, decided better based on the termite tenting debacle 
just to keep us all in the dark about what the plan was. Because <laughs> there, I, I think that's, I agree. Yeah. I wouldn't I, tell I, that. Yeah. I don't disagree, Julie. Yeah. Because all of a sudden last week, just all kinds of scaffolding started showing up and, you know, the the machines that like lift the painters up so they can get the, it's only a two-story Cherry building. pickers, Liz, is what those Cherry pickers, exactly. Yeah. First, you have to post all the no parking signs on the streets so you can park the cherry pickers. And uh, so apparently the painting has begun. And then then a uh, a notice about the schedule did get taped to the wall in the elevator. So there you go. That's as much as they're willing to do now about like group, group communications. But here's the thing. The one thing that has never been discussed publicly is what color are they painting the building? Oh. So this is. This is super exciting for me because when I get home from Oregon next week, who knows what color my building could be, sisters? <laughs> who knows? There were all kinds of, on the wall behind the garage, there were all kinds of like test patches put up. Yeah. But oh, yeah. More than a Did year. Did you get to vote? Was there, no, you know. No, Julie, no. <laughs> no, in the world of HOA, HE double hockey sticks, Voting is not helpful. I don't think pretending that we're a democracy is helpful. So I've just decided to like back off and treat it as a delightful surprise. What yeah. color my building is going to be? There you I go. Do. Keep an open mind, Liz. You know, yeah. lilac's going to look great in the spring. I think you're going to like it. I may. Yeah. I hope it's all one color for your sake, Liz. I hope they don't go. You know, the dispute over the color doesn't you know erupt into half the building is going to be painted one color and the other half another. You know. you know, because as I've explained, that is the situation with our hedge. The, yeah. hedge. the hedge is one height on one side and a different height on the other side because the neighbors disagree on what the height of the hedge should be. So you're right. We could end up with two different colors. It's it's a Hatfields and McCoys scenario. <laughs> we shall see. I'll, uh, maybe by next week. No, it'll be like two weeks before I can really report on what color my building is. There you are. <laughs> this week's report from HOA. H-E double hockey sticks. That's well, Liz, you know, you said keep an open mind. I'm just trying to keep my mind. Um, all right. Here's what happened this week. I went to go get a, a birthday card for my friend. And I we have a nice little gift shop card shop around the corner. So I went in there. I found, you know, I take my time, select a perfect card. I'm pretty pleased with my purchase. I purchased the card and I, I go home. Uh, a day later, two days later, I want to fill out the card and get it in the mail for her birthday. And I don't know where the card is. I'm, and I check all over my house. I am checking in all the purses that I might have used or bags I might have used that week. I've looked, you know, all, I've, it's all through the car. I can't figure it out. And then it kind of dawns on me. I was like, oh, my gosh. I think I left the card in the store. Have you ever done that? Have you ever? Uh, like, that's the worst. When you buy made, something and then you just walk away without it. Walk away. Walk away. So now like two days have gone by. So, but I'm, you know, and I'm like, oh, so, but I sort of, you know, sort of pull myself together. I know I'm going to be humiliated. I go back into the store and say, hey, I was in here a couple of days ago and I purchased a birthday card and I, I, I think I didn't leave the store with it. I think I forgot to take it out of the store. And they said, yes, we remember that. And we put your card um, in a special place. And I said, great. And, you know, I was thinking, this is just wonderful. I thought I was going to be humiliated, but it all seems like it worked out. Ten minutes, they are looking for the card. They cannot <laughs> remember where they have put 
my birth the birthday card that I purchased. Do you see what I'm saying, <laughs> sister? <laughs> Did you see that there is just a whole class of middle-aged women just wandering around looking for things, right? You know? That's that's what we're all doing. Exactly. Yeah, we'd all have PhDs, actually. If we the time we spent looking for stuff we used for a higher purpose. It's I true. Know. It's just so do that's they, that's the state of my world. Do they okay? get your card? Do they find it? No, they never found oh, it. Oh wow. They never found the card. So they're like, just go take another card. I was like, okay. And that is why card businesses fail. That's why card shops are going out of business. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this week for me, it's all about the trip preparation. I mentioned uh, on previous shows, I am going on Saturday. I'm flying to Rome, spending five days there, and then flying to Paris and spending another four and a half days there. I'm meeting my college-age son, Colin, who has been over in um, Greece and then Florence for a couple of weeks uh, studying abroad. Very excited to see him. I love the fact that I get there at 9 a.m. on Mother's Day, May 13th. So that's super nice. Oh. Really looking forward to that. And, you know, it's been, as I said, over 25 years since I've been to Europe. So I have a... That is so exciting. No, just a lot. You know, it's just a lot of things you have to lay out. It's starting to really hit me this week. So I've already started the packing, my strategy. Good. You've I got some cute outfits that you're taking with, you know, for, for your touring land. You got know what? Them. I'm not trying to compete with European women. I'm just trying not to offend European women. That okay. is my right. clothing <laughs> strategy. Like, All right. I think that's a solid yeah. one, Lillian. Who's yeah. kidding who? I mean, I really, I'm going to be living out of a suitcase. I don't think I can stand up to the Parisian women and say, look at me. So I'm just going with blue, black, and cream. Those are the colors. Okay. That's what's happening. All right. I like that you I have like a it. palette. Yeah. That's more than Liz's building house. So uh, <laughs> you've been able to narrow down some colors. Yeah. Okay. And that's and nothing super fancy. I am taking a, one or two dresses. I think the weather is going to be mid-70s. It could be raining, though. It's raining in 60 degrees in Rome right now. There will be layering happening. I have some outerwear. I have a vest to layer. You know, the shoes are always complicated, but I think I've narrowed it down. Again, going with black on all the shoes. I'm just doing that. And comfort, no doubt. Com right? You know what? Comfort. Again, who's kidding who? Like, we are going to be <laughs> schlepping around. We're, we're jamming. You know, we want to see stuff. So uh, I won't. And what about bags? Are you fanny packing? Or are you crossbody oh, bagging? God, no. what are, uh, I'm, cross I'm crossbody bagging. Joel, thanks for okay. asking. Okay. Yeah, I am. Okay. And then I am going to have one of those dorky passport things around my neck. I don't care. I just don't want my passport <laughs> to be stolen. And when we went to the Olympics, I bought like four for my family. No one else used them. So maybe I'll wear four of those around my neck. I don't know. We have four. <laughs> That's what that I'm doing. That might stand out a bit. <laughs> okay. All right. I am gathering recommendations from family and friends, and I have gotten some good ones. The other night I ran into a neighbor I don't know really well, but she is actually French. She is Parisian. She and her husband. And she Ooh. cornered me, and she's like, I hear you're going to Paris. You must go to this shoe store. And I said, Anne, look down at my feet. Did my <laughs> Irish feet look like they deserve French shoes? She's like, French shoes are the best. No, these aren't super expensive. And then Anne had a whole lot of tips about, like, just pack half a bag. If you bring an extra bag, that's the problem getting through customs. So don't pack a lot of clothes. And she sent me a very simple list of places to go. And I appreciated that on the list were some classics, like uh, Brasserie Lip. And Café de Magot, oh, yeah. you know? I mean, it was like, 
she wasn't trying to impress me with out of the way places. She was solid with go for these solid things. So that was good. My hairdresser has a restaurant. She texted me in Rome. You know, I had recommendations to get the city passes, like the Rome Museum Pass and the Paris Museum Pass. And so I had to weigh the what should I do about that? Those get you in. You get to cut the line. Are they worth the money? I'm just going for it. You know, I feel like if we have the passes in our hand, we'll just go. And then I don't have to worry yeah, about it. Right, right. Like I, at this point, I may never get back there. So I can't worry about a euro or two that doesn't get you. Yeah, but, and you can put those passes in those extra passport holders you're wearing around your neck. <laughs> you got to have something in them. something in them. I've set up a couple tours in Rome and a couple tours in Paris, actual tours. So check, we're all set there. And then I, you know, it's been a while since I've really plunged into Roman history. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've been solid. There is a great History of Rome podcast uh, by Mike Duncan, a historian and I think it was one of those earlier podcasts that really took off. It has 177 episodes. Now, I am not going to get through all 177, but that dog has taken some extra long walks over the last couple of weeks as I am plowing (laughs) through the Roman history just to refresh myself. And then Mary Beard, who is the great... um, feminist classicist from Cambridge. She has a fantastic series on Amazon about uh, Rome, ancient Rome. So I've enjoyed watching that. And then two days ago, my friend Nancy said, oh, you have to see Roman Holiday. I had never seen that movie with Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. Have you seen that movie? Oh, that's a good one. It's yes. fantastic movie. Oh, my gosh. It's a fantastic movie. So I watched Roman Holiday. So I feel like I'm all set there on the media stuff. So now it's just a question of, you know, getting there. I'm sure I'll be at the airport 100 hours early. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm sure I won't sleep on the plane. I don't do right. that. But I, I'm just going to keep moving. My son and I have plans to meet at the Rome uh, train station and then, you know, walk to our hotel together. So that's exciting. And the nicest thing was I got a great text from him. He hasn't texted me that much. I did get a photo of him this week and it was just him and he was eating pizza and drinking a glass of wine and it said, love in Italy. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's not to love? Not really? To love. What's not to love? <laughs> but he did say, he said, you know what, mom? He said, I can't wait to see you. I have so much to tell you. So I'm really looking forward to this trip. Can't believe it's happening. Can't believe it's yeah. happening. That will be great, Leanne. That sounds so great. Yeah, I remember when yeah. you guys were going to Australia, and Julie, the week before, you were like, I'm actually doing this. We're actually going to Australia. And that's the kind of the way I feel. Like, oh, oh here I know it that is. where you, you make a plan, yeah. you don't think it's going to come together, or you're not going to be able to execute it. And here you are. Here we are. We're, we're doing okay. it. Bon voyage, Leanne. That's we're doing what it. Say. We're doing it. Don't forget the plugs, the converter plugs, Leanne. You'll need those. Okay. Really? <laughs> Yes. Oh. <laughs> I have many, Leon. If you if, well, oh, again, you're not well, be I won't able to see you. Them. That would have been helpful last week, Liz. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah, you need those, Leon. Yeah. I thought yeah. they had sorted all that out. Electricity no, in Leon. Europe. No, Leon. Oh, a whole different continent. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Luckily, they'll. Good I mean, thing we have this <laughs> podcast, Leon. You'd be over there, and you would just be like out of you know out of business there. Yeah. Okay. So you got to get. Get your converter plugs. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mainly for charging your phone, because really, who cares about the hair dryer? They'll give you one of those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. I was trying to decide whether I should bring my laptop or not. Kind of heavy. I'm still on the fence about that, but I'll need the converter yeah. plug for that. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, interesting. You mentioned Mother's Day. I did want to say one thing about Mother's Day. Now, it's coming up this weekend, and the Satellite Sister Shop 
has many, many fine items that might be great for your mother or your sister who's a mother or your sister-in-law or whatever. You know, like, uh, you're the best anything would really be great. Or, you know, the there are all kinds of great things there. Now, one thing I know is that if you went to the store right now, you would not get it on time. I realize that. that is, we will <laughs> yeah. not... We're not guaranteeing delivered. that. Yeah, we don't We're have same-day shipping. We are not Amazon. <laughs> we are not Amazon. These 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 products are practically custom made when you order them. So you won't get them in time, but you would be able to print out a photo from the shop website of what it will ultimately look like. So I'm not saying it's your best way to go for your Mother's Day gift, but it's an excellent backup plan and there's still time to make it happen. So you can you go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com. You see the word shop in the upper right hand of the navigation bar. Or if you're in our on our Facebook page, you also see a link to shop now there so just a thought as a backup there you go happy mother's day everyone <laughs> okay all right okay sister so now we're getting into the really hard news part of the show um so i wanted to go right to some uh royal wedding technology <laughs> here i am as i've mentioned i'm in oregon and yesterday i was kind of just walking around the neighborhood here and listening to um a local radio station oregon public broadcasting and you know how local stations they always like to focus on local businesses or local news on so this salmon, show thing right isn't that a really oregon public radio is just like 90 percent about salmon right <laughs> <laughs> Well, not yesterday, Julie, because yesterday they were talking about a local company. Uh, this is a Portland company, but it's now owned, of course, by Amazon. But the company is called Elemental. And what Elemental has done is created the facial recognition software that Sky News is going to use for the royal wedding, which means that the software will recognize the guests as they enter the chapel for the wedding oh. and popping up on your screen will be not only the name of the guest, but factoids. You're going to oh. get like little factoids. Yeah. So it's going to be like Lord and Lady Fancy Pants walking into the chapel <laughs> and then we're going to get factoids about them. Yeah. Good. yeah. So you I can, like that. You can see this. I know like my smart TV, I get Sky News as a channel, but if you want to, if you don't get that, if you want to just watch it online, it's skynews.com. So it's going to name the guest. It's going to have some uh, facts about the guest. There is some concern that for people whose hats are too big, it might not work. That, <laughs> that if your fascinator is bouncing around in front of your face, yeah. that it might throw throw off the elemental technology. Mm. But um, this who's who function is, uh, is something that has never, ever been tried, be been tried before. So they're, they're testing it out on the wedding. Now, part of me thinks that's great, though I, I've never really cared who Lord and Lady Fancy Pants are, yeah. right? Like the, but I've all, always enjoyed the like live royal commentators they have at these things that are people that only get hauled out like every 10 years when there's some royal funeral, royal wedding. You don't know who they are, but they have, you know, just sort of a folksy way of talking about all these people. So I hope they don't get next from future coverage. And then we have our longtime satellite sister, Tina Brown. Isn't she, didn't she tell us that she was going to be doing some royal wedding yes. coverage? Yes. Yeah. So, so I just want to say technology is never going to be able to replace people like Tina Brown, who give you the true insights into like 
who's been hating who for 800 years. You know, there's no way that Sky News, that that's going to pop up on your screen. Anyway, I just thought I would point that out because interesting, a local Oregon company created this and being used for the first time ever. And then I'm sure it will be used for evil in other ways. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Believe me, they did not invent it for this purpose, Leanne. Yes, I I think this is is probably the most benign application of this technology ever. So enjoy it while you can, because the next time you meet this thing, it might not be working out for you. Okay. Well, Liz, it's interesting you say that you don't think anyone can ever replace Tina Brown. But, you know, maybe, maybe they can. Maybe if this uh, uh, facial recognition is better than Tina Brown, you know, that it will be employed more often because that's what's happening. Uh, Robots are coming, you know, sisters, and they are going to, you know, robots, artificial intelligence. uh, You know, McKinsey, the largest consulting firm, they say by 2030, robots and AI will take over 30 percent of the jobs will be automated uh, and they won't need people. So 30% they percent sounds like a lot. It does seem like a lot. It does seem like a lot. So that's why this article I read by Alexandra Samuel, who is a technology researcher, and she has developed a plan. She has a plan to ro- robot proof her kids so that they have the opportunity to have jobs when they grow up. You see that she feels like there are things that all parents need to be doing right now or else your kids are going to be replaced, won't have a job because uh, some robot will be doing it. Oh, OK. All right. I'm okay. in. I'll buy into so this that, theory. You, yeah. So that's it. OK. So the first thing, like as a parent that you need to do is teach them to code. Uh, Leanne, do you know how to code? Do your kids know how to code? Your no. kids know, probably know how to code. No, yeah, they don't I know, no, they don't know how to code. No, no, not coders. No, okay. Well, that's really important. She said that is like you have to actually understand where automation is coming from and where automation is going. And that as a family, you should spend some time uh, with coding games that you can buy for your home. Like uh, there's there's a, even a card game uh, called Potato Pro- Pirates that apparently teaches young people how to code. Or you should get... Somebody could it teach can, us? Like, could we try it? <laughs> you might want to try it. I think this is, I think all of this, you better listen carefully because uh, I don't know how many robots are going to move into podcasting, but it is possible that they could come after our jobs, sisters. So, okay, coding, we might, you might want to take it up. Lightbot, uh, there's, you know, Dash Robot is another game that this woman has purchased so that her her family will learn how to code. Okay, second one, very interesting. She believes very strongly that arts education is absolutely key for your children because apparently robots are bad at painting and playing the violin. And if your (laughs) kids are involved in the creative fields, these are the fields that are less likely to be automated uh, or, you know, so that there will continue to be jobs in this field. And so that's, that's a, that's a good opportunity for your kids. That makes sense, right? It makes sense. It's just very hard to have a career in the arts, but yeah, it's not quite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you're not buying that. I mean, well, no, Steve, I believe just thinking of jobs that require creativity yes. will still be good for humans. Yes. And yes. There are plenty of those, yes. even not yeah. directly in the arts. Yes. I right. mean, it's but really hard to become have, a first violinist. You have violinist. to nurture that yeah. creativity. Okay. <laughs> the other thing you need to nurture is emotional intelligence. Uh, okay. That even though robots, they're pretty good with the artificial intelligence 
that really, you know, things such as empathy, self-reflection, that, you know, this is all, these are still things where humans are better than robots. Yay. Because, and that's, that, that's one for us. Okay. So, um, you should spend some family time self-reflecting, working on empathy, you know, all things like that. Next one is you should rethink the rules in your house because you know who are really good at following rules? Robots. Robots. Yeah. Robots. <laughs> and they are better at following rules than, uh, than, uh, humans are. And so that really the advantage that humans are going to have over robots is will be the rule breakers. So like when your kid misses his curfew and breaks the rules, family rules, that's good. See, that's now a good thing in your family because they're they're able to push past rules where robots aren't able to do that. So that's going to give give them an advantage in the future. I think it's going to create chaos in the household, but um but that's what she thinks uh, we should do. Now, the next one, I just started to laugh. She said she insists on self-learning, that each family member has to, for every year, you know, have one self-learning project. Not something where you're signing up for a class, but, you know, where they are, they are in charge of teaching themselves something like a new foreign language, okay? <laughs> Or, you know, uh, how to play a new musical instrument. That the ability to self-learn, uh, which I, I kind of agree with, is going to be a very important skill in learning to adapt to the changing environment. But the idea that you could just like learn Portuguese on your right. own, I don't, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, maybe, or that you could maybe. force your child to learn Portuguese because that's. I mean, I'm thinking like the only thing Colin ever self learned was all ten seasons of Seinfeld when it was released on Hulu. <laughs> he did a lot of self learning <laughs> that summer. <laughs> that was his choice. That was his yeah. choice. Yeah. But I, they were not picking up coding or Portuguese. But yeah, okay, self-learning. That's just like another thing to put on mom's to-do list. But all right, go ahead, self-learning. Okay, okay. Sounds good. Next, sounds good. Uh, next is skip those entry-level jobs. Don't don't make your kids get the job at McDonald's. Don't make them, you know, become the bagger at the grocery store. Um, those those jobs that are going to be robots are going to have those jobs soon. So. So what you should really uh, focus your kids on is entrepreneurial things. Oh, I'm so that they should, sick of they that. Should, <laughs> what are you saying? I'm so sick of entrepreneurial things. I just. But that's what we did when we were kids. We started a lot of small businesses. Small. Yes. Julie, you and I ran that day camp together. Yes. I don't know, Liz. That was like we had no license. We had yeah. no rules. We were like teenagers, but we were going you know, to put in charge of like. 10 little kids every day. We ran our own day I know, because right. I went. Mom forced me to go to your... <laughs> I was one of the kids. <laughs> I, was, I was forced to be an intern there at age five. <laughs> so, well, no, Liam, I just, you got a lot more popsicles from us than you would have gotten from mom. So I, just, I think it was an okay way to spend the day. It was totally fun. I'm just saying, like, sometimes I see, I think, see, like, college majors in entrepreneurship. I'm suspicious of those. You know, and then I hear that I hear the pitches and it's like, oh, we created an app. So we'll go get in and out burgers for you. I mean, I was like, OK, well, this are we just what's happening? So I'm suspicious of entrepreneur. 
entrepreneurial okay. things. No. But, okay. But the entrepreneurs, again, they're going to be a step ahead of the robots, Leanne. That's, I think you, you are not <laughs> sensing the impending doom that's coming okay. from these robots. Right. Okay. So that, that, you know, it's going to take more work on your part, mom, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to, you know, do the lemonade stand. You're going to have to let them do the dog walking or whatever. Or, or, you know, if they're babysitting, th- these are good th- entrepreneurial activities for the, for the uh, kids. Um, it's important uh, to think, to have your kids think big picture, you know, big picture about how robots and artificial intelligence fit into the world. And you should have a lot of big picture discussions around the family table. What do you think? This, this all sounds What does terrible. that mean? I don't know what... <laughs> just- that just means that, you know, that they should, that they should bring, you know, I mean, people should start to think about what a robotic future will look like and what it will mean when you're working side by side with a robot. Have you thought about that, Liz? I mean, I, I, I have not. I'm just wondering what that discussion is with the kids. Wouldn't it just terrify them about right. just how really bad their future is going to be? <laughs> like yeah. humans are over. Let's go to what's plan B. That's, I just, no, it's how about, many nights think, a week do we have to discuss this every night? <laughs> no, because you're going to be doing a lot of self-learning, Liz. You got to work on your own Portuguese okay. and you got to do the coding and you're taking okay, out yeah. your school arts classes. Okay. Okay. And, right. and you still have to talk about empathy and self-reflection. You got a lot of work to do. So you can't yeah. be sitting around big picture, but it's important to think about your role uh, with, with, a you know. <laughs> With a robot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can see you're not buying this all, but that's... Can we get back to talking about coffee filters? Because that was fun. <laughs> okay. All right. No, Julie, these are interesting. They're thought-provoking ideas. Thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that it? Is that... Are we done? That's it. Are we that's safe? what I got. That's <laughs> okay. what I got. Okay. Okay. I'm not a robot, right. Leanne. I that, just... That's it. I'm finished. There was a story in the New York Times this weekend, and... It's kind of a classic story. You know, it's every once in a while something like this pops up in the news. The story was about a woman, Sylvia Bloom. She was a legal secretary from Brooklyn who had squirreled away her money for years and shocked her family when she died at age 96 that she had $8 million in her, you know, 11 bank accounts oh, spread over multiple banks. And that she, oh my God. Yeah. And that she donated it to several, including one big chunk of $6.2 million to college scholarships for kids in New York City, right? So Aww. here's, I know, super nice story, right? She, But here's the sad part. <laughs> I, mean, I know I was supposed to be inspired by this, but I finished the story. I'm like, I think Sylvia should have kept some of that money. I just don't understand. So she worked as a legal secretary for 67 years at a Wall Street firm. And how did she? Wow. Yeah. She worked till she was 96, retired, and then died. And that is sad to me. Everything about this is a little bit sad. Like, I'm but glad. But maybe she liked her work. Maybe that gave her, you know, that was exciting and interesting. Yeah. Maybe she maybe. would have liked, I don't know, a subscription to the opera, too. Or as her niece said, yeah. it wasn't like she wore a lot of minks. I was like, who says <laughs> minks anymore? But anyway, I mean, she lived in a rent control department. She was married for many years, but she lived as a widow for like the last 20 or so. I just felt like Sylvia should have had a little more fun with her money, don't you think? Than just working just at work Wall Street Law Firm for 67 years. 67 years. 
made me sad. Well, you know, I think that being around people as much as you can as you get older is really a smart thing to do. So at least it gave her that, you know. Okay. I think I think loneliness is what's killing a lot of people. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, you might find other people to hang out with besides, you know, the people at a Wall Street law firm. But apparently she liked it. She liked it, I guess. Yeah, she finally moved They in. kept her young. It fi- she finally moved into a senior residence, mainly because she wanted to find a good bridge game. And uh, and then, but then she died shortly after that. I don't know. I just, I think it's great to give away your money, but I think a little bit more fun in your life. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. Okay. Hard to bring everybody okay, down. Leanne. All right, just, Well, I feel bad for Sylvia Bloom. A robot, so she's got that going. She for has her, that. You know? She was, yeah, she was, she was very frugal, very frugal. So good luck. I'm very, very nice, but I don't know. I'd like to have a little fun with my money. All right, I was reading USA Today, and uh, this headline, as soon as I read it, I was like, I'm all in. I got to find out. Okay, the headline was, "You're washing your brassiers all wrong." Uh, are you washing your brassiers all wrong? Do you know that? I don't. Well, here, I have no goes. doubt because I throw them in the machine just with all the rest of my stuff. And I know I'm not supposed to do that. And I don't care. <laughs> okay. So there you go. That, that's wrong. Okay. Ideally, you're, uh, you're supposed to hand wash your brassiere, your bra, every every time you wear it. Well, that's ridiculous. Every right? time? Every time. Okay. So we're probably doing that wrong. That's ridiculous. Then if, uh, you're, if you're doing what Liz Dolan just suggested, throwing it in the wash with everything else, that's completely wrong, Liz. You're supposed to have your own separate mesh lingerie bags. You're supposed to be using a mild detergent. Uh, you're In particular, they said, do not wash it with your jeans, okay? That it has to be on a delicate wash, uh, and you should wash it two to three brassiers at a time in these little bags. Okay, Julie, I know that some nice lady at Nordstrom's like 10 years ago sold me one of those mesh bags and sold me some of that mild detergent. I also know that I don't think I have ever used either. Okay, okay. No, I just, I, so I, I know I'm not washing my bras every, every single time I wear them. I'm just saying that, you know, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, but that's the case. How about your sports bras? Do you realize that you are supposed to wash those as soon as you finish your workout? Do you do that? No. I mean, what, no, what's I the throw point it, of that? throw it on the floor. That's like I thought I was supposed to. <laughs> no, no, no. You are supposed to wash those right away because they're chock full of bacteria from all the sweat and perspiration, um, and uh, which are two different things, I, I want to say in this report, sweat and perspiration. Um, but you're supposed to wash it right away. You should not let it, you know, uh, don't put throw it in the laundry bag. You should, you should don't just, let it fester. You don't let it fester. Yes, it's very serious. You're creating a toxic situation in your laundry uh, chute there. So don't do that, all right? So that's wrong. So it seems like you should be washing brassiers pretty much every day. Okay. (laughs) All day long. I was thinking of you. Yeah. You perhaps have some delicate lacy uh, brassiers, right? This is quite possible. Oh, yes. Uh, It's quite possible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. quite possible that you might have those. (laughs) Again, these are the ones that you probably want to hand wash. But this is the ones where I thought, Leanne, that you would really be able to um, bring a new technique in. Because I know you have a salad spinner, right? Yes, I do have. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, that is the recommendation for delicate bras, that you hand wash them and then pop it in the salad spinner, Leon, and just spin it away and spin it dry. Okay. Oh, right. my goodness. It's a great idea. No. no. You're not doing <laughs> that? That is a bridge too far. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Liz, so far you aren't you aren't doing any of the things to correct the way that you're washing your bras. And admit it, you are not surprised. But the salad that that just seems somehow that seems unsanitary. Even though I know I'm putting a clean bra in a salad spinner, but like, isn't there some cross contamination possibilities in that? <laughs> what did you? If you well, I suppose if you have little bits of uh, lettuce still stuck in your salad spinner from the last time you use it, that's possible. Yes, yes. You could get those in your brassiere. In, and that would, I think, particularly if, if you were washing the lacy bras, that might get kind of um, mm-hmm. gross. But um, <laughs> these are sure. some tips for you, sisters, right. that we, we have some work to do in this area, apparently. Yeah, again, I maybe we could just tape two coffee filters to our chest and then just throw them out with all those extra coffee filters. Just throw them away. Can I say, Leanne, after your coffee filter story last year where we were mocking all of these alternative uses yeah. of, of coffee filters, like on the, in the Facebook group last week, many people stepped forward yes. in defense of the multi-use coffee filters. I was really surprised. Yes. A shout out to the teachers in cl- using them in classrooms. I, I just I don't yeah. want Liz to be sitting at home eating out of coffee filters. I think that's a <laughs> slippery slope that our mother would not appreciate. But if you are in charge of a sixth grade classroom and you have snacks and you put them in coffee filters, have at it. I, that's fantastic. But yeah, well, I, I want to know if you put your brassiers in a salad spinner, too. That would be good to know. <laughs> okay. Weigh in. Weigh in on that. Liz, did you want to okay. do the calorie count thing? Speak- yeah. Go for it. Yeah, the calorie count thing. I'm just going to give you a couple of brief notes on this. We'll put links in the show notes. But, you know, as of this week, Monday, the rule went into effect where restaurants are supposed to post the calorie count of the foods and beverages that you are ordering. And I have I have very mixed feelings about this because, you know, you want to believe that the things you don't want are bad. You know, for instance, we we've all known for a long time that that Movie theater popcorn can be more than a thousand calories. Right. So like, uh, like I'm cool with that. Or, you know, I looked up like at Buca de Beppo, even the small fettuccine Alfredo is 849 calories. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me and I'm glad to know. And it's just one of many reasons where, why I would stay away from that food. But then there are other things on the list that you think you're doing the right thing and you're not. So you could end up, trading out into a worse food. For instance, you go to Baja Fresh and you think like, oh, I'll get the, you know, Baja Fresh grilled Wahoo Baja burrito. You're thinking fish. That's the healthy choice, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's 780 calories just for the (laughs) fish burrito. So, so that means the fish burrito, Julie, is actually more than a Big Mac, which is only 530 calories. Well, that's not well, good. there's your answer, Liz. Go to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm afraid of. There are some, again, you think you're making healthy choices. Let's, for instance, you know, I like El Pollo Loco here in Southern California. They've got the drive through. I figure it's chickens, it's beans, right. it's rice. Like that's got to be good for you, right? Well, the, the Pollo Bowl, which I often order, that alone is 609 calories. But if you get the ultimate pollo bowl, that's 959 calories, which means so your pollo bowl 
You might as well get the small fettuccine Alfredo, people. <laughs> I think this is good news for you, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> or the, it also means here's another trade that I might normally make um, that I wouldn't make. Like, okay, you're out of P.F. Chang's. You're trying to figure out. I tried to find the lettuce wrapped whatever's online, yeah. like what the calorie count is there. I'm sure it's shockingly high, but I couldn't find it. But here's, here's something I've often ordered. Thai chicken noodle salad at P.F. Chang's. My God, it's 869 <laughs> calories. That is, you know what else? Also 869 calories? The classic Cinnabon. A Cinnabon. <laughs> One of those giant cinnamon. Oh, oh. Yes. Oh, that would and, be tempting too, Liz. Yeah. And you know what is also in that category? Now, this is where I find, like, I could easily trade to this. If instead of the Thai chicken noodle salad, I could go to Carvel and get the Butterfinger Carvel Lounge, mm. Carvel, which apparently the clever combination of the word Carvel and Avalanche. So Carvel Lanche, <laughs> that the Butterfinger Carvel Lanche is 885 calories. So uh. it's less than the ultimate Pollo Bowl. It's le- like, and don't even get me started on all the pizza choices yeah. because the yeah. people that fought this regulation was mainly big pizza because yeah. they all be in. Is that, that's big pizza is like big oil or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yes, big pizza was the last industry to fall to this, Julie, because they said it's just impossible. There are too many toppings, too many different kinds of crusts. It's all delivery. I don't know why that affects the calorie count, but apparently that was one of their reasons. And so they fought and they fought and they fought, but finally they had to um, they had to agree to do this. But um, what they did is they got who is this? Like the FDA or somebody did this, right? USDA, whatever. Um, by the way, do you know that? On any given day, according to the USDA, 13% of Americans eat pizza. That's 41 million people eat pizza. That's a lot. I know. This is so a fact-filled report. This is a lot of facts in this report to take in. <laughs> I was just kidding. They're just, their calories flying at us Woo. left and right, Liam. Just, I hope you're writing just, this down. Can't. I just think it's... It's going to be harder than you think to do the right thing. Because once we have the actual facts will realize that the milkshake isn't such a bad deal, right. even if it does have butterfingers <laughs> in it. So one last thing. Here's what here's what Big Pizza did to try to um, to fake out some of the uh, some of these numbers. They have, you know, they get to decide what a serving size is, and you know that's where the whole thing goes right. to, you know, hell in a handbasket because serving sizes are so personal. So um, at Domino's, the pasta in a bread bowl entree. Okay, which, yeah, you know, you would guess that that might not be the healthiest choice. Right. So what they've done is they've labeled it as two servings, sister. Oh. So, so they give the calorie count for just one serving. So you're seeing like, you know, pasta in a bread bowl. I forget what it is. They say it's a thousand calories. Well, if you eat the whole thing, it's 2000 calories. But they, they said... Well, you don't shouldn't really eat the whole thing. It's really for two. And in the history of pasta in a bread bowl, it has never been split between two people. So anyway, just a lot more complicated than you think. That's all I wanted to say. I think the lesson is just stay at home and make your own food. Basically. I would say that, Liz. Yeah. 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 If you just, yeah, if you cook at home, you'll probably uh, you know come up with um, entrees and meals with less calories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate to give you more facts, sisters, but that is actually true by a long shot. That when yeah. people eat out, they consume twenty to forty percent more calories than they do th- when they eat at home. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Okay. So. 
All right, on that note, we have operations. Okay, sisters, it's time for uh, this week's installment of Operation Sea Turtle, which is our code name for kind of all things health and wellness here at Satellite Sisters, because, you know, I like to channel the zen calm of the sea turtle, and I also enjoy water sports. So that's where that came from. So so each week in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group on the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, I'm posting kind of my personal report for the week. Like this past Saturday, I did confess that I just, I did not have a good week. I, I just got, I could, got distracted by many things and my exercise program, well, let's just say it never really materialized for the week. And then everybody goes in and they post their own recaps or pep talks for each other. So I encourage you to participate in that. But one thing that's really working there, I think, is that there are some actual takeaways. If you read through some of these uh, messages that all the Satellite Sisters are posting, and you know, we're not always so big on the takeaways. It's not our goal. But, you know, when it comes to health and wellness, it's good to have some takeaways. So I have four takeaways from the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, Operation Sea Turtle reports this week. Number one takeaway is try new things. Amy posted this. She said, I do typical workout a few times a week, elliptical weights or machines. But today I tried something new. My stepson's girlfriend is an amateur boxer and she gave me my first lesson. I doubt I'll be able to move my upper body tomorrow, but it was really fun to mix it up. So try new things. Amy tried boxing. Liam, didn't you try boxing a few years ago and really enjoy it? Yeah, I've done kickboxing before. It's good. I mean, but it's definitely exercise boxing, but it is really great stress relief. I have to tell you. Yeah, Yeah, just hitting things. Yeah. It was at a time when I needed a lot of stress relief and it was it was excellent. So uh, it was great. Just just hitting things. But yeah, it's very physical. Just kidding. Okay, number two. Number two is set big goals. Barbara is a regular contributor, and she posted, "Hello, Satellite Sisters. I completed number thirty of my sixty-five Ks this morning. I'm halfway there. So how about that? She decided she's going to do sixty-five Ks this year, and she said my times are averaging around thirty-six for non-races, around thirty-three for the five K races. I'm having a blast and feel a great sense of accomplishment. My running club is hundred percent in my corner on this too. So Barbara set some big goals, and that seems to be working for her. That's very I, impressive. That's a it lot is. of races. Yeah, that is. I, I've got nothing, so that's an inspiration, Barbara. <laughs> I need I need a big goal or two. The next one is this one for sure. I'm calling it Recognize Your Triggers. Catherine said, uh, I joined Weight Watchers two weeks ago. Yeah, and we have a lot of Weight Watchers members on that on the group. Uh, so far, it's going well, but I'm tempted to stress eat when being driven mad by my 14-year-old son. Yeah. I'm sure those of you with teenage sons can relate. We'll focus on finding better ways to cope with stress other than eating. I so, think the boxing. That's when I got heavy into the boxing when the kids were the teen boys. Yeah, it's I'm okay. trust me, Barbara. You're gonna enjoy yeah. hitting that bag. That's all I have to say. Go for it. <laughs> really. So Catherine, we're with you on that. And oh, I Catherine, think everyone has Catherine. their own triggers. For many it's teen boys, but you have your own. And then the last takeaway this we always know that finding a partner is good. You know, if you have someone you can do something with, it's so much more fun. So Jennifer said, This is the ultimate satellite sisters exercise tip. She she wrote My sister moved to my neighborhood and we walked two and a half miles every morning at 5 a.m. this week. So that's fantastic to have your sister nearby 
5 a.m., my hat is off to you and your sister, Jennifer. But um, there you go. That is uh, all great strategies. Please share your successes, your weaknesses, your pep talks. It's all on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group under Operation Sea Turtle every weekend. You know, Liz, I have to admit, I mean, I've been resisting Operation Sea Turtle, you know, but I, the, the, what you say and what people post is very inspiring and it makes me want to like up my game even more. So uh, thank you for doing that. You know, what part have you been resisting? I just, I just mean because it was coming from you. I just thought. Well, <laughs> I just wanted you to admit that. I knew that was the answer. <laughs> just didn't want you to tell me what I should be doing with my exercise program. But I'm yeah, not. But, I'm uh, but, you're, but, uh, but you're wearing me down because there's just so much <laughs> positive energy coming out of this Operation Sea Turtle thing. Okay. So, um, but hey, this is now it's the time of the show when we're talking entertaining sisters, where we'd like to do just kind of a quick roundup of TV, of movies, books, things we've heard, seen. And uh, I went to see one movie. Uh, so I have a movie recommendation to, uh, to for a movie to see, and then a movie recommendation for a movie not to see. Of course, I didn't see the second movie, but I saw the trailer and I've made a, dis- you know, I'll give you a review of that. So the first movie, and it's sort of timely because it's come out near Mother's Day, is the movie Tully. I'm sure you've heard about it. This is the new movie by uh, written by Diablo uh, Cody and directed oh, right, by, right, yeah. by Jason Reitman and Charlize Theron is in it. And she plays, she plays a mom. She plays a, a mom. She has three kids, one of whom is a newborn. And her brother who's, you know, got his life together and he's got, lives in a fancy house as a baby gift. He gives her the gift of a night nanny to help her with the newborn because she has her hands full even before the newborn has come along. So, um, so she has this one, you know, she has this uh, woman that comes at night to help, to help her, you know, with, with the newborn. And at first these women seem very, very different, but they build this bond together you know, as they're caring for the newborn baby. Now, there I can't give away anything. I can't really talk any more about the plot without giving away the whole story. So that's that's all I can say about it. But I would say it's a funny movie. It's witty. It's it's a sad movie. You know, it is a movie that you keep thinking about. Like I've thought about it all week. You know, just different things in it. Um, I, I cried during this movie. I mean, I was just really in tears. And at other points in the movie, I felt like yelling, "No, don't do that! Don't, no, no! Oh my gosh, don't do that!" You know, I was so I was very involved with it. Um, it's gotten some review. I mean, you know, it may not be for everyone. It may not be for newborn mothers because it's about. It's about, you know, what it's like to be a mother of a newborn. And, um, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, it gives a very bad, you know, shows a bad side to motherhood. No, I don't think so. I just, I think it shows how how difficult it can be with a newborn baby, uh, particularly for moms that have other children or, you know, and that may or may not have support and how we need to support all new moms because it is a very difficult time. So I would definitely say that it's worth seeing. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, you might have different reactions to it, but uh, you know, on balance, I felt like this, this movie was one that was well done. And I thought Charlize Theron did a good job, very good job in it too. So, uh, so I would say, put okay, I'll put it on my list. Put that on your list, but you have to stay to the end. Okay. 
definitely stay to the end. Now like the, the other end movie, of the credits or the end of the movie. Just to the end of the movie. Okay. Because at one point, at one point, I thought I, I can't watch any more of this. I'm oh, going. I'm okay. going. I was like, oh, I, I just I can't, you know, because again, because I was so involved with the character, with the mom, and right. I wanted her to make all the right choices. Okay, that, I, I just wanted to clarify. Well, you don't have to. Okay, don't give it away. No, I know you're trying not to give the plot away. Okay, so I won't give it away. Okay. okay. Now, the other movie like, that I, I just saw a preview when I went to see uh, Tully is called Beast. Have you have you heard about this movie? I guess it's won all kinds of awards. It's described as a psychological drama thriller about a serial killer. Okay? So why, oh, why? Why do we need to have... Yet another movie about a serial killer. I don't know. I mean, it looks bleak. It's set on some uh, cold island. It's scary. It's depressing. It appears that there's at least one serial killer. There might be two serial killers. So I, why do they make this these movies? I, I, just, I, I just... Who who are they for? <laughs> who, yeah. who? Because all the podcasts are about serial killers. So why bother to also make movies? Yeah. <laughs> and all TV shows also have a st- serial killer plot line. Even though there really I mean, aren't why, that many why, serial killers. Haven't we had enough about serial killers, yeah. right? I agree. Yeah, it's so not my it. favorite. That my favorite. Okay. Go, so right, that's so, so don't so go see Tully, but don't go see Beast. That's what you're saying. Yes. You're not okay. going. I would like to recommend a TV show. If uh, on Netflix, all four seasons are up now and it's going to wrap next year. And the TV show is Jane the Virgin. And we've never talked about that show on the air, but I have really enjoyed that show. So if you haven't indulged in this show, you've been put off by the title, you don't know where the CW is on your television, like I understand that. This is a really charming, delightful show. So if you're looking for a summer series to fill in, particularly if you want to watch with your daughters, uh, you know, maybe your sons, but it's just a wonderful tale, multi-generational tale of three Latina women, a grandmother, a mother, and Jane, the virgin, the daughter, who are all like trying to make their way in the world with very different points of view. And when you write for TV, they're always talking about creating a world you know, where you really want to uh, immerse the viewers in something they haven't seen before. And I definitely think that this show sort of creates a world that we have not seen before. The acting is so good. The writing is really fun. It's a show where you laugh and you cry almost every episode. It has a sort of a telenovela feel. That's on purpose. There's a narrator. There's some extreme storylines. The father in the show, who's a wonderful actor and so funny, is a telenovela star. Uh, and so uh, so you see both sides of his personality. But I just can't recommend it enough. And they're wrapping next year after the fifth season. So I thought this is a good summer. I found it on Netflix last year and I just watched all three seasons and I just loved it. I was happy to see the fourth on TV. So that is my recommendation. If you haven't watched okay, Jane the Virgin, yeah, yeah you know, it's I've always really been good. curious about it because it's won yeah. all kinds of awards. It has. But I- I, I guess I have a, like a little off-putting about what the subject matter yeah. was, given the title. Yeah, so, uh, it's like, good she's, to know. Yeah, okay. so the idea is Jane the Virgin. She is artificially inseminated by mistake. So that's like that kicks off the premise of the whole show. And again, some of the storylines are crazy because it has a telenovela feel. But the central relationship of the grandmother, the mother and Jane is just beautifully written and beautifully done. So, yeah, tune in. Tune in on Netflix. Jane the Virgin. 
Okay. Well, I'll just last, I'll wrap up with a couple of audiobook picks. You know, I drove up to Oregon uh, on Friday. So it's always my time driving up here and back 14 hours each way. It's my time to download and listen to some, um, some great books. So on the way up, I listened to Jake Tapper's new book called The Hellfire Club. It's sort of a thriller about the McCarthy era. So it's an interesting mix of fiction and nonfiction. There are a lot of, you know, true life characters, you know, Lyndon Johnson, obviously Joe McCarthy, all kinds of people involved in that. And a lot of congressional history, if that's your thing. Um, And there's sort of a fun couple at the center of it. And the wife is a zoologist. So, you know, you get a little bit of zoology thrown in there, too. So I enjoyed it, except for this part, Jake. Jake decided to read the whole thing himself, including doing the voices of the characters. So when he's reading the dialogue, whether it's a male or female catalog character, it's all still Jake. And I don't know, that was just throwing me off a little bit, Jakester. I just <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, I, his, Jake, the newsman, I'm in. Even reading your own story, I kind of get it. You kind of lost me in a few times with the voices. So this might be one where it's actually better to read the book than listen to the audiobook. If you don't want, if you don't want to get thrown off by Jake Tapper acting out all all these female characters. But I enjoy, I I appreciate the chutzpah that it takes to just do the whole thing yourself. Because when we read our first book, we still re- we still remember that. Don't mention is that. Don't mention the that. Worst. <laughs> that there, don't, I was afraid. Do not mention that there is an audio book. Please, please. Oh, my God. That, yeah, that was not a good experience. So, okay, so that's what I listened to on the way up. You know, you might enjoy that if you like political thriller kind of things. On the way back, I, am, I have downloaded and have just started listening to Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. And this was a National Book Award finalist. It's a big historical novel about a Korean family's life over four generations. Starts in 1910 in Japanese-occupied Korea. And it just seemed to me like, well, everyone says it's a fantastic book. And that Korea is sort of timely right now. Mm -hmm. There's sort of some cultural background on Korea would be interesting. So I'm listening now. And as I say, I just started. And then today in the Facebook group, Emily posted a recommendation of this very same book. It's long. She said she's enjoying it, though. She's really into it. So that's Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. There you go. I heard a good review of it last night. I was at a meeting and someone mentioned it. And I said, oh, I think my sister's listening to that audio book. So, yeah, Uh, really, it's an interesting piece of history that a lot of people don't know. Or why there's there's a lot of tension still between uh, Korea and Japan, too. So, all right, those are good as entertaining sisters. All right, we're wrapping up for the day here. We'd like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. We really appreciate uh, taping the show here at the Wondry Studios. So, Julie and Liz, you're in your own destinations today. Um, what's on your to-do list for the week? Anything? Jewel, what do you got? Yeah, I've got, I want to get my two Mother's Day cards to my wonderful daughter-in-laws in the mail. I have the cards. I haven't lost them. They're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, what do you got on your to-do list? Well, here I am in Bend, Oregon, Lee, and so you might not believe this, but today, this afternoon, it's all about some raking and some potting. You know those nice plants and pots that you put on my front steps last summer when we were having the big family reunion here? 
Well, they're all deadly. Yeah. So, you know, they oh. did not winter well, as we knew. Right. So I will be uh, headed to Home Depot, getting some new plants, potting them, then working on the, you know, the watering system, the drip irrigation. So, yeah, I know it sounds like Marie Antoinette playing at her farm, yes. me doing raking and potting. <laughs> but that's my plan for today, Liam. <laughs> what about yeah. you, you know what? I am gonna gonna put my vacation email in mode like tomorrow. <laughs> I'm starting vacation early. I'm not leaving till Saturday. But I think if you email me, you're gonna get a hey, she's gone. I just I need to I need to settle into this. I'm looking forward to <laughs> Our leaving mother the used country. To do that sometimes she would just say she's out of the country, yeah. even though she wasn't. She never <laughs> left Connecticut, but she would just there you go. Use that. So you're gonna be out of the country. Be out of okay. the country, not immediately but eventually it won't be a lie. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set that auto reply up for my email. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. You can find everything you need at SatelliteSisters.com. Liz does a great job with the show notes and all the links to the articles. And we'd like to thank our sponsors for the show. We had Rover.com, StoryWorth, Care.com, and Cool Jams. Thanks so much for supporting Satellite Sisters. You can find the links and the special URLs and the offers at our website, SatelliteSisters.com. Join our Facebook group. We had 35 new members uh, in the last couple of days. I was happy to welcome That's them all. That's nice. Yeah. I think it's the Operation Sea Turtle and people wanted, you know, to tell us what they were doing with their coffee filters. So that was happening at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So if you want to do that, join us over there. All right, sisters, have a great week. You too, Leanne. Have a fun trip. You too, Leanne. All right. See you in a couple of weeks. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.